Shalom. Welcome to Parsha Perusal. This is Pastor Sam from Northern California. And today we're going to be looking at Parsha Kia Titsa, Ki Titsa. And that's found in Exodus 30, 11, and it goes through Exodus 34, 35. We're not going to be looking at all of that, but we're going to be looking at a few verses at the beginning of this uh, Torah portion today. Um, I'm going to go ahead and let's pray as we get started. Father God, Avinu Melchinu, Father our King, we just come to you right now in the name of Yeshua, HaMashiach, Jesus, our Messiah, and we just thank you, first of all, for your blessings, for your goodness, for the way that you work in our lives. We thank you for, Lord, the way you have provided for us, and Lord, no matter what we're going through right now, we choose to trust you. We ask that you will give us understanding of this uh, Torah portion by your Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit, and we pray all this in Yeshua's name. Amen. So in Exodus 30, starting in verse 11, it says, When the Lord spoke to Moses, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, When you take a census of the children of Israel for their number, then every man shall give a ransom for himself to the Lord. When you number them, that there may be no plague among them when you number them. Exodus 30, 11 through 12. Um, verses 11 and 12. Now, it's kind of interesting because the Lord here tells Moses, when you take a census, when you count the people of Israel to try to figure out how many of them there are, then every man shall give a ransom for himself to the Lord. And when you number them, so that there be no plague among you. Um, you know, the Lord was setting this precedence, this command right out front, that we are not supposed to be counting just for counting's sake. You're not supposed to be counting just so you can see, oh, wow, look how many people uh, we have. And, and it's interesting because as we get into this, we will see that it's very specific who they were supposed to count. But there's a few words here that we need to look at. So, um, so when you take a census, when you number the people, every man shall give a ransom, and that word is kofer, kofer, and it means a cover, uh, a covering. Um, it it also means a redemption price. Uh, there's a lot of other meanings to that word, but in this context, it is a covering it's a ransom because uh god is saying i don't want you to be prideful in the counting so um you're not counting to say wow look how great of a kingdom or look how great of a people we are you're counting for a particular reason uh, maybe you need to know how many people there are so you can feed them or whatever the 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 reason may be but always Always, always, the Lord had to be thought of when you were doing this. And so there's a ransom that is required. And as we get into this, um, in Exodus 30, 13, it says, This is what everyone among those who are numbered shall give, a half shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is 20 geras, it says. The half shekel shall be an offering to the Lord. 
So everyone among those who are numbered was to give a half shekel. And it was supposed to be an offering to the Lord. Uh, it's interesting that throughout Israel's history, there were some issues with uh, keeping this command. And we'll look at some of those as we go forward. But this half shekel was, was given as an offering. Uh, it's kind of like this whole idea that uh, of thanking God uh, for um, thanking God for the success of the growth of the people. You know, thank you, God, for each and each and every person, each and every individual. But there are some issues with this that some people have because as we look at Exodus thirty fourteen through fifteen, it says everyone included among those who are numbered from twenty years old and above shall give an offering to the Lord. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. When you give an offering to the Lord to make atonement for yourselves, and you shall take the atonement money for the children of Israel, and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of meeting, that it may be a memorial for the children of Israel before the Lord to make atonement for yourselves. In this particular passage, it doesn't say that it's only supposed to be um, men, as far as I can tell here. Um, well, actually, it does at the beginning. It says, then every man shall give a ransom for himself. So this is men who are 20 years old and above. Um, the reasoning for this is these are the men that were old enough that would go out and fight. And so basically there's, there's a, a census taking place for um, many different reasons, you might take a census, but every time you took a census, there needed to be this offering given to the Lord. And uh, later on, this became called the temple tax uh, once the temple was built. But um, it's interesting because in Exodus 30, 14 through 15, it says, the rich shall not give more and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. So when you give an offering to the Lord to make atonement for yourselves, um, the rich was were you know just because they had more money was not they were not supposed to give more, and the poor were not supposed to give any less. Everybody had to give the same, you know. And and part of this is is um, is really cool because what this means is before the Lord, a rich man was not more important than a poor man. All were just as important before the Lord. Uh, the Lord looked at everyone. Um, and he saw their true importance, and, and one was not more important than the other. What was important was obedience. And we see that the children of Israel have some problems with obedience uh, later on, uh, especially regarding this command. Uh, the first, uh, well, it's not the first um, incident of the problem, but one of the incidents is found in Second Chronicles 24, <clears throat> starting in verse 4, going through 16. It says, Now it happened after this that Joash set his heart on repairing the house of, of the Lord. This was after the temple had already been built. And he gathered the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go out to the cities of Judah and gather from all Israel money to repair the house of your God from year to year, and see that you do it quickly. However, the Levites did not do it quickly. So the king called Jehodiah, the chief priest, and said to him, why have you not required the Levites to bring in from Judah and from Jerusalem the collection, according to the commandment of Moses? 
And this is uh, the commandment of Moses goes back to Exodus chapter 30. The servant of the Lord and the the servant of the Lord and the assembly of Israel for the tabernacle of witness for the sons um, of, of a wicked woman had broken into the house of God and had also presented or presented all the dedicated things to uh, of the house of the Lord to the Baals. So basically what Joash is saying here is how come you have not obeyed what I said to do? Why haven't you done this? Um, and it says, then at the king's command, they made a chest and they set it outside the gate of the house of the Lord. And they made a proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem to bring to the Lord the collection that Moses, the servant of God, had imposed on Israel in the wilderness. Then all the leaders and all the people rejoiced and brought their contributions and put them into the chest until all had given. So it was at that time when the chest was brought to the king's official by the hand of the Levites, when they saw that there was much money, that the king's scribe and the high priest officer came and emptied the chest and took it and returned it to its place. Thus they did day by day, and they gathered money in abundance. The king and Jehodiah gave it to those who did the work of the service of the house of the Lord, and they hired masons and carpenters to repair the house of the Lord and also those who worked in iron and bronze to restore the house of the Lord. So the workmen labored, and the work was completed by them. And they restored the house of God to its original condition and reinforced it. When they had finished, they brought the rest of the money before the king and Jehodiah, and they made from it articles for the house of the Lord, articles for serving and offering, spoons, vessels of gold and silver. And they offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually, all the days of Jehodiah. Now, what I find to be so uh, so awesome about this is that everything they did, they yes, they went out, they received this collection, but it was all used for the house of the Lord. It was all given to the Lord. And that's the kind of heart that the Lord um, uh, loves to see in his people. And, and that's the idea of this, you could say, um, well, of this offering, of this ransom, is that is that we keep in our minds and in our hearts um, that we constantly keep the Lord in our heart and in our mind, that we don't get sidetracked by, you know, how much money do I have? How much stuff do I have? Um, you know, I think it would be a good thing for us to practice even today, whenever we count our money, that we make sure we give an offering to the Lord. Um, that we recognize where that money comes from, you know, that um, before we count our stuff, that we make sure that we offer our hearts and our minds to the Lord so that we do not become prideful. You know, I own so many cars, I own so many books, I own so, I'm, I'm so wealthy, you know, that we don't count all of our assets for just for the, the sake of counting, you know without recognizing where they come from. And that's basically what this is. It wasn't a lot. It was a half shekel. It wasn't, you know, it didn't break the bank for most people. Um, but it was enough for, for people to say, oh, I need to put the Lord first in my life. And that was really uh, the point of this. Now, Exodus 30, 14 and 15 says, everyone included among those who are numbered from from years 20 years old and above shall give an offering to the Lord 
The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. <coughs> Excuse me. When you give an offering to the Lord to make atonement for yourselves. So it's very interesting because in Matthew 17, 24 through 27, we see people coming and approaching, um, actually approached Peter, and they says, they said to Peter um, in Matthew 17, 24, when they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? They asked Peter this. And he said, yes. And when he had come to the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, from strangers. Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. When you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. That's interesting because this is talking about that half shekel. And, you know, they're asking, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? You know, is your teacher exempt from the temple tax? And he says, yes, we, we pay it. We pay it. You know, Peter, but then Peter's coming to ask a question. Jesus anticipates him and, you know, basically says that he's not obligated to pay this temple tax. Now, um, you know, he is, you know, if we know, you know, we know who Jesus, who Yeshua is, and certainly he wouldn't be obligated to pay this. However, um, it's interesting because nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish out that comes up first. When you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. So this piece of money, if it was a single piece, must have been a shekel. And therefore, there would be a half shekel for Yeshua and for Peter. Now, some have uh, come to the conclusion because uh, Yeshua only pays for himself and Peter, that that means that um, they were the only of, of, of Yeshua and his disciples, that only he and Peter, that they were the oldest, and they were the only ones over the age of 20. I'm not sure we can... Uh, totally get that from this. I think uh, we don't know the whole situation here, but Yeshua is, is paying for him and himself. And then uh, Peter then therefore would go back to these people and give them the shekel for the temple tax um, or for the, well, really it should have been for atonement uh, and it should have been the offering for atonement. Um, it is interesting though, uh, because it's very possible that the rest of Yeshua's disciples were under 20. That would make them quite young. Yeshua, we know, was uh, in his 30s. He was over 30. He was 30 and above. Peter, we don't have an actual age for him. But according to this, he would have to be older than 20. Um, but the other disciples may have been uh, younger and uh, may have been in their teens. And uh, early, you know, you know, late teens or, or even earlier than that, and so they would have been exempt from having to pay uh, the half shekel. Um, it's interesting. I, you know, like I said, I don't think we can be sure of that. It could just be that Yeshua was just giving enough for himself and for Peter, and the other disciples would then have to come up with their own half shekel. Um, look at Exodus thirty sixteen. 
It says, and you shall take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of meeting, that it may be a memorial for the children of Israel before the Lord to make atonement for yourselves. Now, it's interesting because they take this atonement money and what it's supposed to be used for, it's supposed to be used, as we see it, saw earlier back in Chronicles, um, Joash, uh, what Joash wanted to do, it's supposed to be used for the temple. It's supposed to be used for service in the tabernacle. In this case, service in the tabernacle. Later on, for service in the temple. So Joash was doing exactly the right thing. But we find an example of a king, a very beloved king, uh, who angered angered the Lord because um, he wasn't doing the right thing. And if you look at 2 Samuel 24, 1 through 17, um, it starts off with, again, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, go number Israel and Judah. Now, it's interesting because God actually initiates this, but David says to his men, go number Israel and Judah. Um, now, we know earlier that when you take a census of the people, you're supposed to have the temple tax. Notice David doesn't mention anything about, or excuse me, not the temple tax, but you're supposed to have the half shekel offering. But you notice David doesn't mention anything about the half shekel offering. He just says, go number the people. David's reason, as we find later on for numbering uh, the men, really, 20 and, and older, was to see how big of an army he had. Um, and so it was the wrong uh, reason. It was the wrong motivation. Uh, Joab even questions him. Uh, you know, why do you, you want to know this? Um, and and uh, David says, well, count the people that I may know the number of the people. Joab, Joab said to the king, now may the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times more than there are, and um, may the eyes of my Lord the king see it, but why does my Lord the king desire this thing? Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab and against the captains of the army. Therefore, Joab and the captains of the army went out from the presence of the king to count the people of Israel. So they did what they were told to do. They cross over Jordan. They go all over Israel. They count the people. And um, we see that a number uh, comes back, and it says how many um, are in both. Then Joab gave the sum of the number of, of the people to the king. And there were in Israel 800,000 valiant men who drew the sword, and the men of, of Yehuda of Judah were 500,000 men. So over well over a million men um, that David had for his army. And David uh, was known to be uh, a man of, of war, a man that conquered, uh, pretty much expanded Israel's borders all around. So he was just trying to get a count of, of how many men he had in the army. But remember what God commanded back in Exodus 30, that when you do a census, you always have to do this offering because there should always be, um, uh, we should always be thinking about the Lord. It should not just be counting to say, hey, look what I have. Look at the, look at the army I've, I've created Look at, look at the potential that I have. Look at all of these people. But we should, 
remember to put the Lord first. And also, there's an aspect of that that says every single one of those men, whether they're rich or poor, strong, mighty, valiant, old or young, whatever, whoever they are, they are important to the Lord. They are created in God's image. And so the same half shekel is given for every single one of them. And I think that's another um, important point. And we see here in this story that David's heart condemned him after he had numbered the people. So David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now I pray, O Lord, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. Now David arose in the morning, and the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, David's seer, saying, Go and tell David, thus says the Lord, I offer you three things. So the Lord gives him a choice. Choose one of them for yourself, that I might do it to you. Um, it's really kind of strange here. God gives David an opportunity to choose um, the consequence. So Gad came to David and told him, and he said to them, Shall seven years of famine come to you in your land? Or shall you flee three months before your enemies while they pursue you? Or shall there be three days plague in your land? Now consider and see what answer I should take back to him who sent me. And David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Please let us, let us fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercies are great. But do not let me fall into the hand of man. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel from the morning till the appointed time. From Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 men of the people died. And when the angel stretched out his hand over Jerusalem to destroy it, the Lord relented from the destruction and said to the angel who was destroying the people, It is enough. Now restrain your hand. And the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Anurah, the Jebusite. So uh, then David spoke to the Lord when he saw the angel who was striking the people and said, Surely I have sinned and I have done wickedly, but, but these sheep, what have they done? Let your hand, I pray, be against me and against my father's house. It's interesting, you know, David says this, but I find it interesting because he had a choice from the very beginning um, to be the only one, and, and he could have chosen to run for three months uh, from his enemies, and then 70,000 people wouldn't have died, but he was too prideful. He didn't want uh, to fall into the hand of man, as it says here, um, and so instead um, the Lord sent a plague upon Israel, and uh, 70,000 men of the people died. Um, I think it's uh, interesting here that, and then David realizes that all these people have died because of something he did. Um, but here's an example of David sinning because he, he, yes, he counted the people. It doesn't seem like a big sin, but he counted the people but he didn't obey the commandment of the Lord. He counted the people without bringing this tithe, this half shekel. Um, it shows, uh, I think, first of all, several things. Uh, this, this, um, this tithe, this ransom, uh, this half shekel, and actually tithe is not the right word here, the, the half shekel, uh, this ransom uh, that is brought to the temple. Uh, first of all, that... Every man um, who uh, brought this half shekel 
Um, whether they were rich or poor, whoever they were, gave the same amount. Um, that we are we are not supposed to be counting um, counting you know what God has given us the great things God has given us without first recognizing where they come from that they come from the Lord um, and you know just that whole idea of putting God first in everything we do putting Him before our own assets um, recognizing His blessing and not uh, being prideful over the things that God has given us. Um, all of that, I think, is very important in this. Um, this is a, quite an interesting Torah portion, and I, I really, it's really hard to do it justice in about 20 minutes. Um, there's a lot more that we could study in this, and I would encourage you to read through Exodus chapter 30, that first part, and just discover what the Lord wants to show you through it. Um, thank you for joining us today. Uh, why don't we go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your love for us. We thank you for all of the blessing that you have poured upon us. Lord, I pray that we will not uh, count the, the good things you have given us without giving you thanks and without bringing to you what you are due, Lord. And that is, well, you're, you're, you're due everything. <laughs> Everything belongs to you. But Lord, help us to acknowledge that you have given the blessing, whatever it may be. And Lord, when we count our people, <laughs> our family, our, our, um, uh, the people that attend our congregations, whatever, however we count, let us not forget to bring, uh, Lord, that offering to you. We thank you, Lord, for the blood of Yeshua, our Messiah, and for the way that um, Yeshua has paid the price for us. And Lord, that as we are counted in him, uh, just as, as Yeshua said to Peter, uh, where, where do taxes come from and, and who do they tax? Do they tax people who are um, you know, part of or, or do they tax strangers? And Peter answered strangers and Yeshua said exactly. So the sons of the kingdom are not constrained by that. And Lord, help us to remember that, that we are not under this obligation anymore. Now it is a joy. It is part of our worship to come and bring offerings and tithe to you. But just because we're not obligated doesn't mean we shouldn't do it and that we shouldn't do it with joy. And so, Father, help us to come to you with joy um, and bring the offerings, bring those things that you have you have required, and now you invite us to enter into uh, joining uh, in just the blessing of building your house and building your kingdom. Lord, we know that your house is, is not physical. It, it's not physical any longer, Lord. It is spiritual, and that we are all part of your, your house, Lord, those of us who have trusted and believe in Yeshua as our Messiah. Lord, it says in your, in, in your word that we are the temples, the tabernacles, actually, of the Ruach HaKodesh. And so, Father, um, we want to worship you in the right way. And we want to offer sacrifices and offerings of praise to you. And we thank you for that privilege of being able to do that. So, Lord, bless each person that's listened to this and, and uh, bless our families, bless our congregations. We pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen.